Hi, my name is Lisa Williams. It's very nice to talk to you. It's a real privilege. Today's show is not going to sound much like any of the previous shows, and it probably won't sound much like the future shows either. Today's show is going to be different because I'm just going to take these 20 minutes to talk about something that I feel like I'm supposed to talk about, and I'm not really going to heavily promote this show. I've actually prayed a couple of times that whoever um, needs to hear today's show will find it. I'm not putting it on Facebook. I'm not tweeting it. I'm just uploading it, and, and here you are. So... Um, it would be a real privilege to spend the next few minutes with you, a real privilege to share parts of my story. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I just felt myself hardening my heart there for a second. <laughs> um, it would be a real privilege to share parts of my story with you because um, right now as I'm speaking, it is June 10th, 2015, and there is something about the way my brain is. Uh, I remember dates. Like they are branded, the date is often branded with an event. Usually if if it's a very, very good event or a very, very difficult event, I remember the date. Um, Almost like it's kind of uncanny, like a little card catalog in my brain where I can tell you I know exactly where I was May 18th, 1995. I remember exactly what was happening that day. I remember August 1st, 1995. I mean, I just have date after date after date in my brain um, (laughs) because that's just the way my brain is. And so, uh, I mean, like May 23rd, 2000, for example, I was holding my father as he took his last breath and went into heaven. I remember that day so clearly. It was a Thursday and I can just remember everything that happened. And so dates are a big deal to me. Maybe you're the same way Um, or maybe I'm just really weird, but June 10th is a big deal to me. Today is the one-year anniversary of a day I'll never forget, and I have tried to do different things for today's show. I've tried to do so many different things for today's show, but it just keeps coming back to this. It's almost as if if I don't talk about this on some level, not in its complex fullness, but just to begin to talk about it, it's almost like I'm um, not real. So I'm going to, but I have um, purposes that I'd like to share with you before I start. I desire for God to be glorified. I deeply desire for God to be glorified. I also desire for my story to not be about me, but to be about you and others. I want my story to become something that's universal. This is something that I have um, really uh, studied or, or thought about a lot in my mind when I'm on the radio. I realize that Early in my radio career, I was just narcissistic sounding because you go on the radio and you don't know, you really don't know what to say at first when you're new, you know, you emulate others and you end up telling stories about yourself. And it's like, I did this and I did this. And it's like, listen to me as I talk about myself. And there was a shift over time. And then it became really a strong shift of my stories are really about you. They really are like your story is about me, like our stories intertwine and it's about the I, I use the word universal, but it's like a, an experience that is um, across the board. Like this is what our lives are like. And so um, that's a big deal to me now. And so I share this not so that you can you know sit there and listen to me go on and on about me and my story, but so that it would be something that we it, it's a common experience that it, this is actually about you. And, and other people, and also me. So glorify God, a universal experience, and that you perhaps would find strength from 
my story. Um, there's a verse in Revelation. I'm going to open my Bible and read it and not just quote it. Uh, it's uh, it's um, Revelation 12, verse 11. It says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, which is what Jesus did for us, his sacrifice. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. So that's another reason I'm speaking to, to you today, because what has happened to us and and how we can see the supernatural God uh, uh, um, operating in our lives, that word of your testimony is how we overcome evil. It's how people can overcome situations where there's darkness because they say they, they hold on to the words of your testimony. I feel like they, they cling to them. Like it gives them strength. So the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And then the last part of this verse that people always forget to quote, and they did not love their lives even to death, which I think means for me, you surrender everything you are. Like I'm not going to hold on to my life anymore. And my life is completely surrendered, even to death. Like Esther said, if I perish, I perish, right? Even to death, I am surrendering my life to Christ, the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and not loving your life, even to death. And so that's one of the reasons that I'm sharing with you today, because I want to share the word of my testimony. June 10th last year was um, a big moment in my life. It was very, very personal. Um and I'll back up a little bit. And I'm not ready to tell my entire story right now. I'm just not ready. Um, I may never share all of it. Or I might write a book about it. Um, I might speak publicly about it. But I'm just not ready yet. Um, but last year, 2014, on um, May 29th, um, and, and God had supernaturally prepared me, which is really my true testimony, is what happened beginning May 18th in my life, May 17th in my life. As God began to do a really amazing supernatural work in my life, I'll never forget the two weeks prior to May 29th. And on May 29th, um, there's just some things that happened that were very traumatizing to me. And I do not use that word lightly. I hope that you are never traumatized, but that's, I think, part of the life experience is something will happen to us that we can't process it. We can't, the feelings are too deep. The feelings are too difficult. It's just over the top of what we can comprehend or, you know, you just, it's too much. And so something like that happened to me on May 29th. And then um, I remember very distinctly everything on May 30th, May 31st. It was like a bunch of things were in motion in my life. I remember June 1st, like I remember the details of June 1st last year so clearly, June 1st, June 2nd, June 3rd. June 4th, I could, I could write, like, my memory is very clear on all of those days. And then June 5th, I flew to Florida because I already had a trip planned to go with a bunch of my very close friends to an event called Make Them Smile, which I think was God-ordained because when I got there, Florida's like a home to me. And three of my very closest friends, Dean O'Neill, Dwight Bain, and Marie Cook were there, and they were able to minister to my soul, and especially Dwight Bain. Um, spending a lot of time with me talking about what had happened and helping me understand that I'm going to have to live my life differently. Like I, I would just be able to live thinking about 24 hours at a time, the 24 hour plan, he called it. And I was like, for how long? 
He said, for the rest of your life. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I can't think about the future and worry about this and plan, plan, plan. And, and it's true. The only way I made it through the year was the 24-hour plan. And when I would start really stressing out about my life and the future, my friends, my close friends here in Denver would say, well, let's not forget about the 24-hour plan. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to eat dinner. I'm going to I'm going to walk the dog. <laughs> you know, it was like this very simple thing. I just have to think about the next 24 hours. Okay. So that was part of what that trip was about and then I I this is probably way too much information. God bless you. But I came back to Denver on June 8th. June 9th was my son's birthday and all I wanted to do was celebrate that and love him and help him to feel like the treasure that he is and then it was June 10th. And that's where it all kind of culminated on me. I woke up at 4 a.m. on June 10th, 2014 and began to dwell on the, 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 the trauma. And I began to spiral down, 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 down emotionally. And what I remember about that day most distinctly is feeding my kids and, you know, putting a movie on for them and going to the garage. And all I had was my Bible. And spending probably on and off, if you added it all together, four or five hours praying. I prayed for hours and hours. I'd check on my kids. I'd feed my kids. What do you do when it's difficult? You harden your heart. I think that's the first choice where it's like, this is not going to hurt me. This is not going to take me down. You do not have... This is not going to, I'm not going to, oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, no, it isn't. And we, we harden ourselves to protect ourselves. Um, another option, which has been one of my favorites, is the denying that there's a problem and just burying it deep inside of me. Like, we're fine. This is, gonna, this is fine. It's going to be fine. It's okay. I'll fix this. I can fix this. I can make this okay. I, I can put a good spin on this in my heart, in my head. I can even believe my own spin. It's going to be fine. This is fine. Um, some people, like, they, they can't make it, and so they check out. Like, they leave the earth because they can't take the pain, and they're gone. <sighs> Which I understand because June 10th was that kind of day. It was like, I can't deal with this pain anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't handle the pain. And I... I have to be honest with you. I begged God to take me. I knew he would take care of my loved ones. I knew he would. And could you just take me out of my body? Could you just remove me from my body, Father? Please take me. I mean, I begged him, but he didn't. And I'm really glad he did it because I'm glad I'm talking to you today and that my life's unfolding until the planned end. But I tell you, sometimes pain is so much. We medicate with with alcohol or relationships or whatever we do to numb that pain. And so what I did is what I'm wondering is the right choice. I'm going to hope it's the right choice. And I'm not trying to set myself up as a leader like, and I made the right choice and you should do what I did. No, I mean, like I was so desperate to survive that I clung to God's word and songs like all the songs that they play on the radio, I've always kind of judged like, man, all these songs are so like, and if you're hurting, he's there for you and he's with you in the storm and it's like a hurricane, but he's there for you. And, 
you'll make it through. And I'd be like, wow, it's like all these songs on the radio are so heavy. Can't we just have a few more beboppy? hey, I'm just going to the grocery store songs? (laughs) It's all about, and you will make it, you will make it. (laughs) And I have to tell you, the summer of last year, it was like, thank you, God, for these songs. Thank you, God. I mean, I was clinging to the songs on the radio. I would cling to them. My friends would be like, have you heard this new one? I'm like, yes, I'm playing it over and over. I mean, there were so many songs specifically, but one that comes to mind was called Never Once, standing on this mountaintop, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step, you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us scars and struggles on the way but with joy our hearts can say never once did we ever walk alone never once did you leave us on our own you are faithful god you are faithful and so this was one of the songs that god used to just keep me alive i felt like i'd never felt before how music and his word were not just something in my life. They kept me in this life. Like I leaned so heavily in them. And then you look back over your life and you think, is this what you were doing preparing me? Like, is this why I went to Christian school? Because I knew the word of God. Like I knew so many Bible verses. Is this why my daddy taught me Psalm 23 when I was just a little girl? So today on June 10th, a year ago, I would say Psalm 23 over and over again to to just survive? Is this why? Is this why you made me so hungry for your word in my 20s where I just memorized and memorized and memorized your word adamantly just wanted to put the word inside of me? Is this why I'm in Christian radio so I could be around this music and all these songs would be inside of me when I needed them? Is this why you have Christian radio stations on the air? Just to prepare me so that when it was time for me to go through a really difficult time, that I would have what I needed. He loves us. And so here we are one year later, the power of that day reverberating inside of me. And that's why today's show is like this. It's like everything else felt false. And I almost just didn't release a show today. That was what I was going to do. And then I thought, you know, if sharing even a slice of my story, just a drop can encourage you, then then it's worth telling. God loves you. God is real. And God loves us. And I don't know why exactly. He's let me see what I've seen and hear what I've heard and experience what I've experienced in the spiritual realm. Undeniable things that I've seen and heard and experienced And the knowledge that my spirit has a resounding knowing that he is God through his word. I don't know why that has been my experience and maybe not yours or another person's, except that if I can take what has happened in my life and glorify God and encourage you, then I want to. So I want to tell you what happened at the end of that time praying for hours and hours in my garage There was a lot of 
desperate prayers. There was a lot of powerful prayers. There was a lot of reading of scripture. There was a lot of crying out to God. And at the end of that time, Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then after that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, everything your brain is trying to compute and and make sense of it all. The peace of God will pass all of that and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So again, I have to say it all again. Do not worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, let your hearts, let your prayers be known to God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard. Some versions say, stand guard like a garrison. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then this was the landing point, And I knew it. I knew this was the landing point for me. And then finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And for me, I knew God was saying, you're not going to run from it. You're not going to deny it, but you're not going to dwell on it. It's not going to become the focal point of your life, the pain. Instead, the peace of God is going to just cover your heart and Jesus himself is going to guard your heart and you're going to focus your heart and mind on truth, nobility, righteousness, purity, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy things. And this is your landing spot for the rest of your life. And so I said, yes, sir, I understand what you're saying to me. And so I say to you, it's not about denying what has happened in your life and saying that didn't happen And it's not about burying it deep, deep in your heart. Well, it won't hurt you anymore. And it's not about making your heart hard and against God and everyone because nobody is going to hurt me. It's not about all that stuff. Those are necessary at times for your survival. But I'm telling you, you know, friend to friend, that he is the best way. And the path sometimes is difficult, but there is strength and salvation in him. One last verse I want to share with you before I wrap this up. In the months that came after June 10th, there was a Bible verse that God led me to in my prayer time as I was waiting on the Lord, sitting with the Lord Jesus in my pain, seeking him like I never had before in my life. Um, There was a verse he led me to that was really a game changer for me. And I want to share it with you because you may have never seen it before and maybe it's something that you need. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I'm typing while I talk. You can always tell because I start talking really weird like a robot when I do that. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, In Isaiah 30, starting in verse 15, it says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. And so we are offered two really important things that I desperately needed, salvation and strength. I needed both of those. And how do I get them again? Repentance, rest, quietness, and trust. And repentance and rest is your salvation. And quietness and trust is your strength. And then the next verse says, but you would have none of it. 
Nope. You said, no, we will flee on horses. And so you flee, but your pursuers are on swift horses. And so I felt like God was saying to me, at least you can run from this pain again, or you can be in repentance, rest, quietness, and trust. But if you do want to flee all the pain and act like it's not there and run, 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 then in the end, it says, you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. And all I could see was this very remote, cold mountain with an old flag tattered in the wind. No one knows it's there. No one cares it's there. It's just no fruit, no life, no vitality. It's just this old flag. And I remember crying out to God. And as I read these scriptures, I don't want to be that flag. I don't want to be that flag. So what's the answer? The next verse, Isaiah thirty eighteen. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. The Lord longs. He longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. It's like I see God standing up because you are in front of him. He stands because he wants to show you how much you are loved and treasured. He longs to be gracious to you and he rises up to show you compassion. The next verse says that the Lord is a God of justice. So he, he knows what's happened. He knows everything that's happened to you. And he knows what happened leading up to it. And he knows what's happening in the hearts of people 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. I mean, he knows. God knows. He knows. And he is the God of justice. And then it all lands right here. Blessed are all who wait for him. And so that's the place that I've been trying to live in. It's a new space waiting on the Lord. I feel like these are the key words, repentance, rest, quietness, trust, wait. I I don't know. I don't know who you are or where you are with God. I can only hope that sharing a part of my story will encourage you. If my vulnerability will cause you to be vulnerable with God, it is then a risk I'm willing to take. I'm not really willing to hide my scars or my wounds anymore because I desire others to know God and to see him and to hear him and to understand that they are loved. I want you to know God loves you. He loves you. God loves you. We are his treasure. That's why he gave his son for us. And so thank you for listening to my story. Thank you so much.